This has been Heart of GUMK2, and thanks to the Order 66 podcast, you've just been Rickrolled. This is Riven Cedril, and I never listened to the Order 66 podcast. Heck, I haven't even played the game yet. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. www.d20radio.com Execute Order 66. Well, greetings, programs. This is Sunday, January 18th, 2009. Welcome back to the Order 66 podcast as we embark on Order 66, number one for the second year of podcasting. And I've had a good first half of the day, and hopefully I'll have a good second half of the day in any event. I'm Dave, your host, and with me, as always, my faithful, most faithful of co-hostesses. That didn't come out right. GM Chris! <laughs> what is up, Gamer Nation? It is I, GM Chris, here with GM Dave. And we have gathered here today on the Order 66 podcast, as we do every day on the Order 66 podcast, to extol the glories of Star Wars Saga Edition role-playing. And, uh, dude, okay, so you had a good... I haven't, I haven't talked to you at all, like, because, you know, we got started really late today, and so, dude, what what happened? Why did we get started so late? Did you what, okay. what happened to your machine? Well, um, let me tell you that this will be a to- actually this was intended to be the topic for daydreaming later on. We can hold it, you know. Um, but the uh, the real reason that my first part of my day went very very well is because of a very well executed screen pass by the Arizona Cardinals to put away the hated Philadelphia Eagles. Haha. Yes, that was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful game. Yeah, it was a great game. And right now, Pittsburgh is leading Baltimore 13-7 to with 12 minutes and 10 seconds to go in the third quarter. And I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that Pittsburgh continues. Go Ravens. <clears throat> okay. D20 Radio, where gamers roll www.d20radio.com This podcast and related websites are not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, 20th Century Fox, or Wizards of the Coast and are intended... Alright, maybe not. I was, <laughs> I was just going to end it right there. Yeah, <clears throat> well, you know, what can I say? i got to support my my good, good, good buddy and my my wife's BFF who currently lives in uh, Baltimore. So, what are we going to do? Okay. Um. Right. Yeah, but, uh, well, hey man. Um, I'm glad to be here. Are you glad to be here? Well, I am glad to be here, and I'm also glad that the 62 people in the chat room are also here to see us. Thank you very much for coming in. Beautiful. All my wow. beautiful friends. And we can get this show on the road. Yes! Well, dude, dude, episode 12 of Radio Free Homlet is up and up. Um, actually, it was up before our last, before episode 50, but I and my lazy buttocks did not get it on the show notes in time, and so I forgot to mention it. My well, we, just did, we just didn't expect two 
rapid fire episodes out of them. Yeah, they said they were moving to closer to a weekly format, and we were like, okay, well, okay. And they, you know, hey, bam, 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 and then bam. What are you going to do? Go, 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 go. DM Tim and the crew. Uh, great episode, too. They go gaga over the 4th edition D&D Forgotten Realms Guide, and in particular, what they think of the classes and the races therein. And it is 4th edition goodness and a good cast, man. Yummy. I am so glad that RFH is back on the air. Yummy. It gives me it gives me feel-goodies in my tummy. Down into my tummy. Watch it go down. Down into my tummy. Scotchy, scotchy, scotch. Yes, and Donovan in the chat room says, RFH still, even if they're late, has a better track record than Minnie's Mayhem. <laughs> very, very nice. Very nice. Oh, and also on the podcast front, uh, meanwhile, the Super Gaming Podcast has delivered up two new casts. Um, their regular episode, number four, is up, where Mostly Joe and Tom Caters uh, from Around Comics and Tom vs. the Flash fame talk speedsters. And uh, then Joe treats us to a special edition, number three, where he interviews Steve Kenson of Green Ronin Publishing and some mutants and masterminds. Goodness is delved into. Oh, yeah, dude. And that was uh, it, uh, it's a pretty tasty little listen. It's not too terribly long, and it is delivers some goodness from the mutants and masterminds territory. Hey? Eh? I thought it was excellent. The, the, the example of, uh, of brevity is the soul of wit. It's very nice. Yes, indeed. Um, very, so, very nice. And... And oh, sorry, I was going to step on you. No, no, go ahead. Say it. Do it. Nothing. What is quickly becoming, you know, and I hate to say this, with all the hosts that we have, and I love all our podcasts, but I really like Game On. And um, episode number five is up, and I imagine episode six will probably be up here pretty soon. But um, yeah. Brian it wasn't and Andy. up as of two hours ago. But. Brian and Andy, or Fiddleback and Ravenwing, as you may know them on the forums... All right, they talk about board gaming and they talk about minis. Last game, last uh, last was minis, and uh, we they talk they talk about all kinds of stuff, just geeking out, and it was really cool. Well, dude, have you listened to episode five yet? Because they muscle in on our territory there, buddy. They talk RPGs. Oh, wait a second. In that case, I haven't listened to that one because I talked the minis. The minis was, was the last episode. one that I listened to. So yeah, that was episode four. Episode five is up right now. Oh well, then and never mind. They're ahead of well, me. There you go. They're, they're, there see, go. okay, here's the thing. Um, I think yep, of five yep, as yep, their four uh, because of the zero. Oh, okay. That's what it is. So, anyway, I'm all screwed up. Well, we know that, but it's okay. It's okay. Yep. But no, it was a good, you need to listen to it. It was a great cast. I mean, on that note, um, I mean, they talk RPGs. More particularly, they talk about role-playing. That's R-O-L-E, not R-O-L-L. Role-playing mm-hmm. a good character in RPG. Right. And, um... I, I would recommend that particular episode of Game On as a must listen for any listener of the Order 66 podcast. I agree with just about every single word of it. It's great advice from great gamers, and I'm hereby commanding all of my players in my current campaigns to listen to that episode. You will glean much from it. Yes. I have spoken. Yes, indeed. Very good. And no, it's not Cherry Coke I'm drinking. It's a Diet Dr. Pepper chat room. Thank you. I just, hey, show, hey, I just showed you know it to him on the webcam, so... That is sun-kissed, buddy. That is orange deliciousness right here. That's what this is on the webcam. Oh, it's yeah. not sun-kissed. Oh, yeah, it is. It's a new can. That's right. Oh, I forgot about that. Anyway, and speaking of that, you know what? We have a live video cast. For those of you listening to the show right now in your Zooms and your iPods and whatever assorted other MP3 player you might have, you can always tune in live. And check us out at Ustream.tv. You can even catch up on past episodes because we're recording 
right now. I even got the roll. I even got the Rick roll in the recording this time. Usually, I forget to start it for like five minutes, and then I remember. But today, I did. I'm impressed. Hey, yeah, awesome. So you know. Anyway, so how's your build contest coming? It's going great, man. We're getting a lot of builds in. Um, for those of you who may or not be aware, there is currently a contest going on at the d20radio.com slash forum webpage uh, where I am soliciting NPCs of any stripe, color, or creed, uh, level 10 through 20. We seem to be getting a lot of these level 20 uber builds and, and you know, that, like, I would never use in my games because they're mean and would kill PCs. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, I haven't seen a single non-heroic build yet. Um... But I'm looking for something that can be put into a module easily. Um, you know, maybe even you know multiple levels. Uh, just a good NPC, and um, I will be the sole judge of this contest based on my whim, my whimsy, and my well, what you might call it uh, sensibilities. Which and the winner will be winning a T-shirt, a D20 Radio T-shirt of their choosing, of their size that I will personally be paying for and sending to them. So it's a it's a good thing. And Anything. the contest ends on the 31st of January, guys. So get your builds in. Go to d20radio.com/forums and post it up. I want to see it. That's right, boys. And that's right. That's what we're saying, that you must keep those dice rolling. Day 20, right? Oh, see, that just happens automatically when I say that. I'm, I'm happy you're happy. We've almost ended the show twice. No, you've almost ended the show twice. Okay, I have almost ended the show twice. Well, you, you know what I have? You have syphilis. No. <sighs> okay. What do you have? I have juicy, close. I have juicy bits of web goodness. Ooh, one's a really good announcement, but of course I'm selfish. <laughs> yes, you are. So we're going to get to the other one first. Okay. <laughs> Watsy has provided us more threats online in the form of Creatures of KOTOR 2, where they detail full stats for the Horned Cathound, a really nastier version of the Cathound found in the KOTOR campaign guide, who can gore your PCs with all six CLs of its nastiness. And also the Iriaz uh, is in there with all its grass-grazing CL3 glory. Um, the Iriaz is kind of interesting. It actually makes an incredibly handy beast that you can have virtually any name slapped on it, uh, functioning as any kind of wild herd animal on pretty much any planet. Use your swarm rules. Very nice against first-level PCs. Yep. And you can find this juicy bit of web goodness. Where? Along with other morsels dripping with awesome sauce at www.wizards.com slash Star Wars. Ah, beautiful. And Dave, I'll let you take this next juicy bit of web goodness since you are That's right. so excited. So um, you will find everyone in the Gamer Nation, except apparently for GM Chris, at the D20 Radio fans who are now a part of the Facebook D20 Radio group that has been established on Facebook. So... Those of you on Facebook, look us up. Look for D20 Radio, apparently, and uh, you'll find a group out there. Guess what? It's there. There's like 12 people in there, and it sprung up overnight. Because That's I, it awesome. was It was not there. I promise you it wasn't there. Because yeah, I, I made I, it. I, <laughs> I may have to break my rule Yeah. and, and actually join Facebook just to become a member. I, I usually abstain from social networking sites. Um, yeah, because it's like the internet. It's just a fad. It'll go... This too uh, it's more pass. of a moral thing, Dave, but, you know, something about lack of personability and, you know, it's like, I, I just, you know what, I just thing? don't believe in, in non-face-to-face means of communication at all. Really? Um, you have a cell phone, so right? Uh, well, no, but I do run a podcast. Um, okay. Yeah, so I guess that really doesn't hold much what, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, okay. All right, I'll get on Facebook. Okay. The subliminals in Warcraft. Merkaba Jedi is talking about the subliminals in Warcraft. I have no idea where the hell that came from in a Facebook conversation. Well, Merkaba is... um. Oh, hey, you know what? I need that drop that I hear on the, the Kid Craddock Morning Show. It's Random Man. That's what okay, I need. No, I need that drop because that's it, it's applicable to you, not me. No, not me. No, 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 no. That was that was that was straight from Merkaba. No, you you were like the picture of of like wind him up and set him in a direction. I know, but how, what does that have to do with the podcast, Merkaba? That's my real big question. So, I don't know. I don't know. Oh. But you know? Do you, you know what? Do you know what does have to do with the podcast? Um, tomatoes. Close. With salmonella. No. Right. Close. Um, um, I don't know. I, I have, postcards. I have oh, postcards. right, right. Mail. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, the yeah, whole we'll have to go on with stupid that. mail thing. I uh, happened to uh, check my post office box this morning, and I had a nice little postcard waiting for me Did from our good know. friend, our good friend Commander Cody. And uh, Dave, this is a bright and unusually beautiful postcard. And it bears a picture of an idyllic blue-green world surrounded by thousands of stars and a bright glowing nebula. Ooh. It looks as though it's been painstakingly crafted to be free of any blemishes or defects. A beautiful postcard for sure. And the lettering on it reads, The Hapes Consortium welcomes you to Hapes, sister. Enjoy your stay with the most beautiful people in the galaxy. And please, keep your males from speaking unless spoken to. Terrible to have herpes. From across the galaxy, it's time for Postcards. From Commander Cody. Dear GM Dave and GM Chris. Hi guys. Squat and I are on an unusual mission this week. We've traveled to the Hapes Cluster in the Inner Rim. After the almighty and wise Emperor Palpatine has given us orders that have detached us from Lord Vader's unit for the time being. We're escorting one of Palpatine's personal servants, a, uh, well, rather striking red-headed woman who carries a lightsaber. She's on a mission through the transitory mists of the isolationist Hapes Consortium for some type of diplomatic mission. But to be honest, not too many details have been shared with us. But arriving at Hapes, the homeworld of the Happen people, I will say that I feel a bit out of my element here. Happen's a human, or near-human at least, but millennia of social and genetic isolation makes them a little different from the rest of us. I'm not one to look down on my nose on genetic manipulation or breeding, but uh, the Happen culture places an unusual, almost obsessive importance on physical beauty, and they've bred themselves to be more beautiful than your average human being. I don't mind telling you that the females here are, well, <laughs> you, you catch my drift. Every female looks like they should be a holovid star. It might be a great place to pick up chicks, except for the fact that every female I talk to looks at me like I'm a criminal. Happen society is fiercely matriarchal. And in truth, men are no more than accessories here. With a few exceptions, males are expected to speak only when spoken to, and hold no real positions of power or importance. Can't say I agree with that. But I don't hold too much problem with an aggressive woman, if you catch my meaning. Perhaps the most aggressive woman here is the Queen Mother, the leader of the Happen people, and the Hapes Consortium as well, a large business conglomerate that rules many of the worlds here in the Hapes Cluster. Our escorted charge, the Emperor's servants, is meeting with the Queen Mother as we speak, right here in the capital city of Tarchumda. This gives the men and I plenty of time to look about, which isn't an unpleasant thing, for the reasons I've mentioned. But Hypes itself is simply a beautiful world. 
There are a few cities here, mostly due to the Happen's love of beauty, which uh, keeps most of the large forests, mountain ranges, and pristine oceans mostly untouched. What's most unusual about Hypes, though, is that it sits inside what is basically a large nebulous cluster, surrounded by seven large moons and an abnormal amount of bright stars in this region of space. But this means that night on Hypes is almost a non-issue, and the low light vision of our tech in our helmets is almost completely useless. I understand the millennia of evolution in this environment has also given the Harbin people very poor night vision. A good piece of technical knowledge I've made sure to share with my men. Listen, guys, the Emperor's servant is returning, and she doesn't look very happy. I hope we don't have to get into aggressive negotiations. It'd be a shame to disrupt the beauty here, but eh, if it's for the glory of the Empire, we'll do our jobs. Well, guys, I've got to go. If you're ever in the mood to look at some beautiful ladies, and you don't mind being a subservient, hey, maybe that's your thing. And if they let you in, swing by Hapes. It's a sight to behold. Later, guys. Long live the Empire! Your friend, Commander Cody. Well, it's certainly nice to see that he's finding these worlds that are just a little bit different from traditional culture. Uh, broadening horizons, I would say, don't you think? I yeah, I would say so. You know, I yeah, you just gotta watch it over there on that herpes planet. You know, sometimes I look at the way Star Wars names things, and I think to myself, Lucas, you should have hired a thirteen-year-old to be on your creative staff. Just because, you know, you come up with an idea and you watch and see if he giggles, and then if he giggles, you know it's probably a bad idea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Herpes. And that is, you've, you've pegged me as a 13-year-old mentally. I, I, just, I, just, I just lack a certain maturity when it comes to those uh, sorts of things. So yeah. I'm not saying I, I'm, I'm not right there with you, buddy. I'm just saying, you know, it just amazes me Lucas hadn't had that thought, you know. Yeah, he probably has. He probably did it on purpose. So you're saying he's and in that now. mind. And now. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. You know, anyway, I was about to fire something off there, but I decided to think better of it because I fired off the wrong thing. Anyway, what I meant to do was this. And now, Dark Thoughts. With Twi'lek goodness. Okay, so I'm a little worried. Emperor Palpatine keeps asking me out, and I don't have the heart to tell him that he creeps me out a little. But if I just tell him no, he'll, you know, kill me. But I think I have an idea. I'll just let him buy me dinner and get him talking about all that dark side mumbo jumbo stuff, and eventually he'll have to fall asleep laughing, you know, that creepy like way. This has been Dark Thoughts with Twi'lek Goodness. And now, Stormtrooper Poetry. As a trooper, I've seen a lot, from planets cold to planets hot. For leaders, we've had a few, from captains old to lieutenants new. Special training we all receive, but there's one thing you must believe. Just a few words that I will utter. Try not to follow one who stutters. Because in times of emergency, you'll still be standing there when he tries to call re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-
I don't discount that one at all. That was pretty good, actually. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much to Fiddleback, yet again. Very much. And TG. Very nice. I hadn't heard yeah, that yet, so that was, that was very Oh, nice. yes, of course. That goes without saying. Sometimes I just take TG for granted because she lives under the same roof as you. Hey, I take her for granted all the time because she lives under the same roof as me. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you oh, go. Oh, yeah. Back, Probably shouldn't have said that. Back on the couch again. Guess where I'm loving it, my friend. Yep, you have to grow old. No one ever said you had to grow up. Thank you, Donovan. Day 20 docking bay, hosers. When it don't be making sense, we be making sense of it. All right. Ba 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 ba. Okay. Ba, ba, so we. here we go. Questions. Questions. Answers. D twenty radio zone. I'm ready. I'm ready. Lay it on me. Twenty docking bay. How do you get involved in D twenty docking bay? Very easy. Email us questions. GM Dave at D twenty radio.com. GM Chris at D twenty radio.com. Or jump on the forums. D twenty radio.com slash forum, and make your voice heard in the gamer nation. Or you can always call the loser line at two zero six six zero zero. 5872 or L-U-S-A. Lusa. Anyway. Lusa. Our first salvo comes in from Avendasaurus Rex, who has a couple of questions about the force grip power. So, he posted this on the forum. Okay. And here's his question. Okay. So, a dark Jedi hits with a, hits a PC with force grip. I have three questions concerning the PC's limit to a swift action on his next turn. Question number one. If the Doc Jedi takes damage and fails to make the concentration check before the PC's next turn, is the PC still limited to a swift swift action? This was added in the errata. If, number two, if the Dark Jedi is the target of a successful Sever Force before the PC's next turn, is the PC still limited to a swift action? Number three. Regardless of the above answers, if the PC spends his next turn limited to a swift action, then uses a destiny point to act out of turn and go again, is he still limited to a swift action? Mmm. Yummy. Okay. Aso. Aso. Vendasorasan. Vendasorasan. Good questions. Let us us answer them. Um... You know, Dave, and I think you'll attest to this. Um, well, no, crap, you weren't there, man, for this. Um, this was a GM Brev noted this after cursing and spitting violently in his last game when our Jedi force gripped his BBEG into oblivion. Um, oh, bad. Force grip, force grip is a damn powerful ability. Um, not so much in the damage that it deals, but the fact that, as is clarified in the power description, page 97 of the core rulebook, if you use the force check equals or beats the target's fortitude defense, the target is limited to only a swift action on his next turn. That makes this one of the nastiest powers in your suite. Um, now, to answer your questions, okay, if your Dark Jedi failed to make a concentration check after getting hit and thus fails to maintain the power from round to round, there's absolutely no reason the target wouldn't still be limited to a swift action on their next turn. Um, you don't have to maintain this power at all, Ventasora. I mean, you can choose from the get-go to only use it for a single round and then just let go. 
And the swift action thing still applies in that situation. All right. I mean, for Pete's sake, that's one of the golden rules in my campaign. In order to kind of balance out for script, um, where I kind of define using it maliciously and not using it maliciously is if you use it for a single round and then let go. I usually won't have a problem with that, depending on, on the situation. But you know, if you continue round around to choke the life out of somebody, that's probably dark side point worthy, in my opinion. So there you go. Yep. Um, and regards to your your second question, um, sever force. I see no reason to cause that to end the swift action condition or even the power for that matter. Sever force makes no mention of canceling existing powers that are being maintained. Um, now when the gripper's turn came around, if he opted to, to maintain the force grip, then of course he's exercising a power and he would move down the condition track due to sever force, but that would be it. Um, and keep in mind here, even if force grip isn't maintained, your target isn't limited to a swift action because you're holding them or preventing them from doing something. It's just them recovering from the fact that you choked the hell out of them. I mean, think think of Admiral Mahdi, okay, admonishing admonishing Vader for, for his, his sorcerer's ways, you know. Don't frighten us with your sorcerer's ways, Lord Vader. And then he gets force gripped. And after Vader stops, when Tarkin tells him to knock it off, Mahdi just spends a round sitting there on the table just catching his breath for Pete's sake. Okay, that's what it is. Um, lastly, in regard to destiny points, all they do is move your place in the initiative order. So, I mean, if you get force gripped, and then you spend the destiny point to act immediately, then you will. Um, and you'll be relegated to a swift action for that round. Um, however, I mean, it, I, I think what you might be asking is, if you wait for your turn to come, and then you take it, and you only want the swift action, then they move on to the next person. All of a sudden, you spend the destiny point to immediately shift your initiative count and act again. Then it's a new round. Then, yeah, you've already been limited to your swift. At that point, you could act normally. So, I mean, yeah, you should be able to act normally. Um, the exception to that for me, though, is a GM, although this isn't raw, just personally. Um, if the gripper was still maintaining the power on you and you spent a force point to act again, I would still probably have you limited to a swift because you're still having the crap choked out of you. So, Right. That's kind of where I stand on that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. For that lovely interpretation of the rules. Thank you, sir. We shall move on now to... <laughs> well, that's, that's what I do, Dave. It's, uh, it's, it's what I do. We shall move on to question number two. As Pittsburgh kicks a field goal, Jeff Reed with a 46-yard field goal. Pittsburgh now ahead, 16-7. to Okay, Darth Obi-Wan. Still think that's a little bit unstable. <laughs> Offers this excellent question, which I'm sure will leave a lot of general managers scratching their heads. Game Master, sorry. Okay, so from a GM perspective, when designing heroic NPCs, how much do you assign them in the way of force points and, and destiny points? It would seem highly dangerous to give a 12th level Sith apprentice, baddie, a full 12 destiny points and 12 force points, which it will have a 12th level, assuming the NPC hasn't spent destiny points previously. Such character would be dangerously unbalancing to an encounter, and as I can imagine, quite a few things that could cause a TPK. Actually, he can't imagine very many more things that would cause a TPK quicker than having the BBEG be able to roll out critical hits for his first 12 combat rounds. I tend to assign a whole lot less, but wondered if you have a rule of thumb. This is a great question. This is a good question. Um, very, very good question, Darth. Um, first of all, there, there is no official rule to assigning destiny points and force points to heroic NPCs. And I, this is a good thing, but we'll, we'll get to that. 
Um, first of all, you mentioned something that's very important to note. You say, assuming the NPC hasn't spent destiny points previously. That is a very important note. Um, is a 12th level bad guy with 12 destiny points imbalanced? Hell yes, it's imbalanced. But you hit yourself, you hit the nail on the head. Would they really have gotten to 12th level without spending force points and destiny points? God, I hope not. Um, so here's my general rule. Now, this is by no means official. And again, it shouldn't be an official rule, but we'll get to that. As a good guideline, I stat out the destiny points the NPC would have if they'd spent none of them. Then I take that number and I divide by three, rounding up. So a 12th level NPC will have about four destiny points. A 10th level NPC, three destiny points. Fourth level, one destiny point, and so on and so on. If that's too much for you, well, make it a higher number. Divide by five, maybe. Um, in general, though, with four, I find it to be just the right amount. It usually keeps them on par with what the PCs of the same level would have. Um, as far as force points, I generally take the total they should have and then divide it in half. Again, for the same reasons. Now, having said that, there's a few other rules I follow when using destiny points and force points when running NPCs. One, I never use a destiny point to auto-crit or hit a PC unless the fight is going very badly for the NPC, in which case he'll still probably save his destiny points to avoid hits anyway. Um, I think it's real punkish to do to your players. Um, destiny points are these wonderful game-altering things. You know, They literally change the way the universe works. It's not very fun for a player character to be on the receiving end of that generally when they're getting the crap beat out of them. So, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of bad experience mojo. Eh. Um, the exception to that, however, might be an early disarm or destruction of a held item, uh, but not to deal direct damage. Two, second rule I follow. My NPC's force points and destiny points usually have an invisible plus one, minus one after them. This means that I am not above denying them a destiny point if it's a great blow that kills them when it should kill them, even though they have a destiny point left, um, or giving them an extra destiny point when they'd normally be out of them in order to make that death-defying escape, if needed, you know, for uh, maybe a returning BBEG. And that's my general rule, Darth. I hope it helps. You can take that, put it in your pipe, and smoke it there, pal. Word. Yeah, to your mother. Okay, so Dr. Scraps. I like that name, Dr. Scraps. Yeah, me too, Dr. Scraps, very nice. Dr. Scraps. To the ready room stat, Dr. Scraps. Okay, Dr. Rosen has another great play question that he put up on the forums. So, he says, I need a touch of advice while I'm sitting here working on my GM notes. I'm running a campaign right now that's got them pitted against dark Jedi types every so often between the usual scuffle with stormtroopers and the like. The problem is the fact that there are certain characters that really like using thermal detonators, and frag grenades, among many other explodey-like devices. These tactics have, <laughs> on more than one occasion, ruined a supposedly pivotal boss battle because of stocked-up grenades. I've already tried limiting their access to explosives from making them wait for a delivery period to making them excessively expensive. Everything short of simply removing them from the game world altogether which I consider to be the douchebag method. <laughs> it is. But regardless, if there is a grenade to be had, they will find it. How can I stop them from blowing up every enemy they come across? Oh, oh, I have an answer ooh. to this, but go ahead. Oh, no, hit, hit, me. Go, hit, hit me with it. Hit me with it. Why don't you build in a 
I'm not sure what, actually. Some manner of security device that deactivates grenades. I don't know. I just, just what I'm thinking. Anyway. I don't know. See, I, I put that in the douchebag method, too. It's like, oh, oh yeah. it's, it's like the GM hand wave. Yes, your sword breaks. Why? Because. Rust. Rust. <laughs> well, crap. Dude. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Now, this is an interesting conundrum, Doc. Um, or is it? Um, our forum community weighed in very heavily on your dilemma, and I'm going to echo much of the Gamer Nation's words of wisdom, as well as weigh in myself. First of all, um, I'd like to talk about what the problem actually is. Um, I don't really get where the problem comes from. Grenades are, frankly, subpar when it comes to damage dealing. I mean, yeah, they deal damage to a very large area, but... I mean, four die six is frankly crap. I mean, it's the same max damage as a heavy blaster pistol. And unlike a heavy blaster pistol, you don't deal double damage when you crit with a grenade or destiny point it. You can't apply feats like rapid shot or dead eye, which increase the damage even more. Now, a thermal detonator, that's a different story. Eight die six is nothing to sneeze at, although burst fire from a heavy repeating blaster actually deals more damage than that. Um, but my question is, how the hell are your players getting stocked up on thermal detonators? They're two grand a pop, and they're illegal. I mean, so if you buy them on the black market, because you can't get a license for something illegal generally, they're usually five times that amount, ten grand a piece, okay? This leads me to believe that A, your players have way too much money, B, you're giving unused thermal detonators to way too many stormtroopers, or C, you're not policing your PCs enough. Planetary, and especially Imperial or Republic customs, very extensive. And if you get caught with an illegal item, that's not pretty. That's jail time. That's hardcore stuff. Yeah. But hey, you know, you know, hey, m- maybe, maybe your players are doing a fringe campaign. Maybe they're in hut space. Maybe, you know, they're outlaws already. Whatever. Okay. Setting aside for a moment the fact that they shouldn't be able to stock up on thermal detonators, uh, grenades. Yeah, I can see them stocking up on that. It's more reasonable. Uh, h- how do you deal with it? Okay. Again, despite the fact that blasters are usually rougher, um, a dark Jedi can't deflect grenades. So, okay, well, that that is an issue. Well. What can they do against them? They can use negate energy on them, first and foremost. That's a start. Also, go ahead and give your occasional baddie a level in scout and toss them evasion. Next, grenades aren't fun to use. I mean, it's a move action just to yank one out, and then once it's used, it's gone. You can only throw it 12 squares. That's a maximum distance you can throw it. And past six squares, you've got massive penalties just to throw the darn thing. I mean, your players may get tired of guys just jumping out of the way, all right? Um, Another thought comes to mind. If your players are known enemies of this Dark Jedi group, and it's known that they like to use explosives, why the hell wouldn't that information get disseminated? I mean, so the next time they face a Dark Jedi squad, one of them shouts, It's them! Be on your guard! They use grenades! And at that point, two of the Force users find cover, and they wait, and they ready actions to use move light object on any grenades that get tossed to their area. All right? Beautiful. Getting your own grenade thrown back to you, that's not fun, okay? I mean, listen, you don't, you don't want to make this to where your players never use grenades again, but you do want to encourage them to mix it up a little. One of the things that you mentioned later in the post, Doc, was the fact that it's more the problem that you, you really don't like the fact that your players think that explosives are the way to solve everything. That's all they ever want to do is blow the crap out of things, okay? Well, if you mix it up with good game control, get rid of that blow-it-up mentality. Judicious use of proper force powers and abilities and the odd talent here or there, you can pretty much take area attacks out of the equation. And maybe, just maybe... You can get your players to think a little more creatively, have a little more fun with it. But just a few suggestions. Hope that helps. There you are. There you are, right there. Bob, Bob. Beautiful. 
Beautiful. Anyway, <laughs> um, so what if, get this, that scenario occurs. You've got a squad of Dark Jedis. And they okay. and you've you've laid out the, the scenario. They be careful. They use grenades, and the first guy throws a thermal detonator, to which the Jedi has his object, his move light object ready. He's got he's got the ready to action. And it right. goes off, and it goes off. It send, he sends that grenade right back to the guy. Hits him with the grenade. Does he do one d six on top of the exploder damage? <laughs> um. That would be insult to injury, wouldn't it? That would be Merkaba Jedi's, and I never... Uh, we've been doing this a long time, and we've had those actions ready, and I've never actually thought about it. But I would think that it would. If a player tried to say that to me, I would tell them you could do the die six, or you could do the damage of the grenade. That would be my ruling. Just because I don't think there's any need for nine die six on a little cheese-ass maneuver like that. <laughs> Call me crazy. All right. What but exactly is Zertz is asking me if I played COD four, but I have no idea what. The, oh, Call of Duty. Oh yeah, of course I play it now. If if you guys are if you guys were online at all on Xbox last night, all the all the like all, all of a sudden I you know I'm talking to Rodney off the air right that was still broadcasting through about our gamer tags and all that, and all of a sudden all the gamer nation that was still in the 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 chat room all sent me friend requests because I gave Rodney oh. my uh, my gamer tag over the air. And so I got like 13 new friends like in the last week. But, Very nice. Yeah, it was pretty good. But um, yeah, I've been playing Call of Duty uh, for. You <laughs> said duty. Yeah, um, I've been playing that a lot. Mentality. I've been playing that a lot last night for some reason. I just I picked it up because I hadn't played it in a while. And anyway, I'm getting way off topic, aren't I? Just a tad, but that's okay. <sighs> maybe maybe that's better for daydreaming. I don't know. All right, let's do the Alex and Trevor show. This will be about six minutes, and then we'll come back with Wattos. Done. All right. We'll see you guys on the other side. Welcome, Jedi Masters, to Fragments from the Rim. How may we be of service to you today? Hi, this is Alex. And Trevor. This is segment four of Fragments from the Rim. For this segment, I've chosen to talk about Mandalorian armor. Specifically, I'm talking about the Mandalorian armor that you'll find on page 201 of the KOTOR campaign guide. That would be the Neo-Crusader armor. If you want the more traditional Mandalorian armor called the Beskar Gam, you can find that on page 48 of Scum and Villainy, but I'm actually not talking about that today. Mandalorians are iconic characters for Star Wars. Ever since Boba Fett showed up in the Star Wars holiday special, and he was the only good part of that particular thing, but... As we've begun to learn more and more about them and hear more of their history, especially in the KOTOR comics, they're just a fascinating branch of the Star Wars universe. Specifically, I want to do some comparison of the armor listed on page 201 to the armor that's in the core rulebook. I'm not just going to take two samples. For instance, if we take the Neo-Crusader light armor and compare it up against something comparable from the core rulebook, it has the same armor defense bonus, plus 6, as Stormtrooper armor, Fortitude defense, plus 2, also the same as Stormtrooper armor, and a max dex bonus, also plus 3. Now, the differences being the fact that the Mandalorian armor comes with a helmet package, although Stormtrooper armor has something similar. And the Mandalorian ar armor includes a jetpack, but perhaps most importantly is four unused upgrade slots for the Scum and Villainy upgrade rules, which is really quite something in comparison to the Stormtrooper armor. 
Another comparison. If we take the heavy battle armor from the original core rulebook and compare it to the Neo Crusader assault armor, once again we have a plus 10 armor bonus, a plus 4 fortitude defense bonus, and a max dex bonus of plus 1. Exactly the same in both cases. But the Mandalorian suit includes helmet package, jetpack, and for the Neo Crusader assault armor, six unused upgrade slots. Now, if you take a look at these, are these just too good? For instance, I am already running into the issue with my players, running them up against some Mandalorians, and after they finish defeating them, of course, there's some armor lying around. Exactly how do you deal with that? I mean, you can go along with the, oh, it's too damaged to salvage any of it, but I find that I'd rather allow my players to actually have a shot at getting it. Maybe some of it's damaged, they have to do some repairs. Always saying everything is destroyed can get a little tiresome. So what's the downside to this armor? Well, first of all, there's no price tag. If you take a look here in the KOTOR campaign guide, there is no price listed. You cannot buy them. You're going to have to join the Mandalorians, be a Mandalorian, or kill some Mandalorians and take their stuff. That can be dealt with. What downsides are there? The weight is significantly higher for all of the Mandalorian armor. But here's the thing. If you take a look at how good this armor is and all the upgrades that you can give to it, it's Mandalorian armor. And here's the way I'm going to play it in my game. This armor is Mandalorian. You put this on, everyone knows that you are a Mandalorian, or at least treats you like a Mandalorian. And that's going to have a whole bunch of role-playing responses to it. So within the game, you're going to see some kind of reaction. Now, some wise and interpreted player is going to say, well, I'm going to modify the armor, and I'm going to make it look different. The rule that I'm going to use is, all right, you can do that. But then it becomes a standard set of armor as listed in the core rulebook. The Mandalorian-ness of the armor is those extra upgrade slots and the built-in jetpack and the built-in helmet package. And so that's my take on looking at the excellent Mandalorian armor, which I'm looking forward to making use of in our future campaign. Over to you, Trevor. Keeping in mind with the Mandalorian armor and, and the benefits thereof, I decided to talk today about the Soldier Rocket Jumper Talent Tree, which I think is really a nice talent tree. The primary skill that you need for all of the skills that are in it is the Jetpack Training, which allows you to activate a jetpack as a free action as opposed to a swift action, giving you opportunity to aim, draw a weapon, recover, various other aspects, and you don't have to make a pilot check to land safely. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but considering that the pilot DC is 20, unless you're a pilot, that's a pretty nasty uh, DC to have to always make. So this is a huge change to that. The three basic abilities that you get with a rocket jumper talent tree is the burning assault, which means that you're allowed to spend one of the jetpack's charges and use the jetpack as ad hoc flamethrower. That's, that's a really nice... You know, people have to put themselves out. You can get away. Improved your trajectory. Because you, you have the skills, you can actually fly two squares farther. You increase your speed. So that's really nice, because it gives you a lot more maneuverability to get around things, over things, up things, closer to people. And then jetpack withdraw. As a reaction, when an opponent moves adjacent to you, you can expend one charge of your jetpack and fly and move your speed or withdraw. And literally, when I was reading this, I'm thinking, okay, somebody sat down, watched episode two, and watched the fight between Obi-Wan and Jango Fett, and said, how many of these things can we incorporate into the game? Because that's exactly what Jango Fett did. He flew up and drew his weapons. Obi-Wan came towards him with his lightsaber, and before he got there, Jango was backing away using the jetpack. He didn't use the flamethrower option, but nonetheless... Anyways, I think that if you've got a set of Mandalorian armor, or even if you don't, you just have a jetpack, this is a talent tree that any soldier should jump on, because it is excellent. We're done again, so if you need us, contact us at our email address, order66 underscore fragments at rogers.com, and until next time, have fun gaming.
Yeah. Thank you, Masters, Fun. for okay. visiting Fragments from the Rim. As I talk right over their little exit, because I forgot yeah. it was there. I'm enjoying Fragments from the Rim. Thank you, Alex Trev. Thank you guys very much. Always good to hear. And I would agree, first and foremost, I think the... I think the uh, the jetpack training the jetpack talent tree is incredible. Um, I've been saying that for a while. It's just it's very specialized, but it's awesome. Um, as for Mandalorian armor, that's exactly <laughs> what I would do with it. Remember, remember the discussion we had about stormtrooper armor? It's the same thing. We had some guy calling, you know, hey man, they kill these stormtroopers. They got stormtrooper armor. It's eight Gs. Why don't they just sell it, man? Can't they put it on? It's one of the best armors in the game. You know, well, it's the same thing. You're a stormtrooper if you put it on. I mean, seriously, who's gonna buy that from you? Like, are you crazy? I'm not gonna buy that from you. You walk around, people think you're stormtroopers. It's a bad scene. So terrible. Excellent advice. Yeah, I like it. Thank you, boys. It's, it's like they were speaking directly to Jake. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna. Oh, okay. Shout out time. Hardcore yeah. shout out time. Big time shout out. Or do you um, want to save it for? No, go ahead. No, no. It, it deserves a place in the show, buddy, because he played a Mando to the hilt. Um, my alternate universe campaign, which just had its December. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry. It just had its December session um, posted up, and that's up there now. Uh, the January session went incredibly. I'll have that up this week. Um, the January session was Jake's last game. Um, Jake works in uh, the, the film industry, and he's gotten a job out in um, Orange County, uh, where all that stuff happens, and he is going to be moving out there at the beginning of next month. And um, I'm going to be losing an amazing, amazing player, Venku Scarada, on our forums. Oh, and, hey, uh, uh, excuse me. Pause. Late-breaking yeah. announcement from Jake himself. This <gasps> is Stephen Hawking, and when I'm not making astrophysics calculations, I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. That was Jake. Yes, he does an amazing Stephen Hawking. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss the guy immensely. He's an amazing player and a very good friend. So big shout out to you. But he plays a Mando in my current game, and he's played it to the hilt. It's just beautiful. So much props to you, sir. Much props. Ah, Heart of Juyo is here. Ah, Everybody wanted finally. me to ban him from the uh, chat room for his Rick rolling yeah. incident. Yeah, the Rickroll deserves a ban, Gio. Um, we might give it to you at the end of the show, but, you know, eh. Uh, yeah, wait, wait, what do you know? Yeah. So, dude, did you get out to Tatooine this past week? Well, as a matter of fact, I did. I did. I did indeed. And uh, this is fantastic. This is Watto for Watto's Bargain Basement, and I want you to come on down to Tatooine this week for our big special sale. Tell them Java sent you and you get a free chance cube. We got the deals for you. Come on down to Watto's Bargain Basement. What do you know? Dude, how is Watto? Watto's great. He sends you his regards and Mm. says that you owe him... 22,000 credits. I don't know exactly how you got into Hawk with him. I don't owe him any money. What's that about? I'm not sure. Dude, dude. what did you do? I, I, and I didn't do anything, but he said, uh, he said that a hut was looking for you, too. Oh, crap. Okay, thank you. Yeah, just thought I'd, you know, pass along. The <laughs> okay, well, I'll thank you for that information. Um, <clears throat> so, dude, what, what did you get at Wattos? All right. Turn in your page, younglings, to page 52, Scum and Villainy, and you will find the tool that Twi'lek Goodness uses to snare 
hapless admirers. Uh, her, oh, her boobs? No, actually, this is not what she uses. She uses oh. something else entirely. Indeed, what we're talking about, boys and girls, is the man trap. That's what I call her boobs. Oh, really? I thought no, you, not really. Well, the other day you were calling it the burning ring of fire. But, yeah, that too. You know, I didn't know. Anyway, <laughs> um, speaking of well, couches, what is the man trap? Speaking of couches, anyway, it's a high-powered reverse repulsor field that covers one square, draws a target that enters that square down as if stuck in an incredibly high gravitational field. So, wow. it immediately renders a target immobile, immobilized, and you can only break out of this thing with a DC 40 strength check. Oh my god! Yep, and it's deactivated with a remote. Yep. Plus, oh my god! Yep, it's heavy. It's like 19 kilograms, and it's pretty expensive. 8,000 credits. Good grief. Very situational, but I gotta say, damn. Yeah, damn. Um, wow. As a GM, I can see so many uses for that, it's not even funny for my players. Yep, I know. Huh. I know, dude. That's something else. But then know. I run the risk of them finding one and actually absconding with it, and that might not be a good thing. Eh, you never know. Huh. That's very good. Now, here's a question for you, okay. considering this. Okay. All right. Talking about using this in a game situation. Okay, so it renders you completely immobile, right? Right. So you can't move voluntarily. So, I mean, I would interpret that to say, you know, maybe you couldn't raise your blaster pistol, you couldn't swing a lightsaber. Okay. Can you use force powers? That is exactly where I was going with that. I would tend to think, yes. That doesn't really? say anything. It doesn't say anything about you not being able to concentrate. You're just, you're being held. And, you know, the rules don't say you're limited to swift actions or anything like that either. You just can't move. Hmm. So, I, I, I don't think that you could do, like, I don't think I'd allow you to use Force Lightning or something along those lines, but... <sighs> well, I, could you? I mean, per, per raw, Force Powers don't require any type of movement. Right. Just think about it. Now, I know in the movie, I've had this conversation with people, in the movies, they, you know, the you wave your finger, thing with the, the yeah. you're looking for, you know. Right. And, but, I mean, people say Damn it's it. kind of like a, a training exercise. What? What are you yelling about? Baltimore scored. Touchdown. Whatever. Are you going to interrupt me again? Sorry. Good gravy. Okay. Go ahead. Excuse me. Oh, I don't know what I was talking about now. Hell. You were talking, you were talking about moving fingers and doing... Force yeah, lightning. whatever. I don't know. I don't know anymore. It was very cinematic. Uh-huh. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Anyway. What do you think? Okay. I, mean, I don't know. Were you even paying attention? I was trying to have a conversation with you. I don't know if you were I paying was, attention. I was, pay I was paying lots of attention. I just happened to look over, and I saw that it's 16-14 Pittsburgh now with 7-28 to go in the fourth quarter. Uh-huh. Thank you. And the Daytona uh, 500 is uh, February you know. 15th, by the way. So, there you are. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Remember that. Make your Valentine's Day uh -huh. plan uh -huh. trips uh -huh. plans right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> ah, yes. Beautiful diet, Dr. Pepper. So are you just going to avoid my question? Are you you weren't paying attention? You don't know what I asked you? Or do you... Well, it, uh, kind of a lot's happened since then, so let's let's rehash that. Are you sure? Sure. Are you, but yeah, I don't want you know, if you got something more important to do, it's okay. I mean, really. Uh, well, I, hey, I am multitasking right now. Not very well. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> what do you think? Does force powers require movement? 
I mean, no, raw no. it does, but how would you run it? I mean... No, that was part of my answer. From a purely cinematic standpoint, things that require you to lift your arms and do all that, like, force lightning. Maybe force slam. Maybe force slam, maybe, yeah. Um, strictly from a cinematic perspective, I wouldn't allow those, but... I, I, you know, I, I really don't. For, yeah, you're right. Raw. Uh, there's no reason why you can't just think it and do it. You know. Yeah. I mean, Luke. Remember, Luke was moving the ship out of the murky water while balancing Yoda on his foot, upside down. No, he was moving rocks while balancing Yoda on his foot. Oh yeah, that's true. He was. That's right. He was moving rocks. So. And, and R two. He moved R two. Right. So I mean, you theoretically could, I guess. So never mind. Yes, you can use move object. Um. Anyway. I would say yes, because there's nothing in the rules that say no, you can't use the force while you're while you're pinned. Yeah. I don't know. I just got a hard time with that. Once again, like it's it a makes force it, it allows force like users to outshine normal people. And I, I don't know. Maybe they should. I don't know. Well they they should just a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good point. But either way, the man trap is the bomb, dude. The bomb diggity and it's a, and it's illegal in thirty seven states. The bomb. <laughs> Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I like. <laughs> well, shall we get to the meat, sir? Um, this particular. See, look, look depth. at Julio. Look at Julio. Sure. And here, 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 Julio. My daughter wanted to know how old you were, and now here he is with the pelvic thrust force lightning. See, pelvic I, I, thrust I, force it's lightning. Just, it's just That's not, a dark side point. <laughs> it's just not. <laughs> he's got lightning coming out of the wazoo. I don't know. You know, uh, I don't know. Oh goodness! Yeah. Uh, exactly. And, and again, I'll ask my question. Maybe you'll maybe you won't interrupt me this time. I don't know. Do 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 you want to get to the meat of this of this episode? All right. You sh- sure. No. Okay. I do not because I have three minutes of goodness for to do something else as a diversion. Oh. And now, it's time for Galactic Dating Tips, with everyone's favorite Zeltron smuggler, Captain Theros. You know how to turn me on, oh, you got it going on, baby, you can make my day. Greetings once again, party beings, it's your friend Captain Theros, representing for Zeltron, coming at you straight out of the midwim. We have yet another question in our Galactic Dating Tips. This one comes from our good friend, Shabuda. Dear Captain Theros, I've met the woman of my dreams. I mean, you would not believe the things this woman does with her head. Well, maybe you would. She's absolutely the sexiest thing this side of Alderaan, know what I mean? And she's a screamer to boot. That's the problem, you see. She's an Ithorian. At the conclusion of having relations, I am nearly knocked across the room. I tried using ear muffles, but they don't work that well, besides it messes with my hair if I synthesize on the of it. I tried mesh tape, but my lady wasn't having any part of it. I even tried a sound sponge, but all that accomplished was sending me flying across the room all silent-like. Please help me. Sincerely, happy but bleeding from the ear. 
Well, Shibuto, I have the solution for you. Actually, I have two solutions for you. I have the expensive yet uh, liberating response, and then I've got the uh, cheap but limiting response. We'll uh, we'll go with the expensive but uh, but freeing response first, and that is simply ball gags. But the problem is. Ithorians have four mouths, so you have to buy four of them, so that's why it's a little bit expensive. But if you really love this female Ithorian, then I highly recommend, you know, of course, it's true love. No price is too much, right? Right. Now, slightly more limiting, but, uh, but cheaper responses, keep it to doggy style, because that way you're not in that cone's area of effect. It's going the other way. Hopefully that helps Shibuta, and uh, if any of you folks have any other questions, any other dating tips you'd like to get from old Captain Theros, just send them right to my comm frequency right on the D20 radio forums, and uh, I'll be happy to answer your questions as soon as possible. So that's it, party beings. Have a good time, and uh, this is Captain Theros signing off. All right, so how do you know that Athorians keep their genitals in the same place? You know, I mean, I saw Kirk, you know, I saw Kirk, like, hit some dude in the knees, and he was a humanoid, sort of. He hit a dude in the knees, and all of a sudden, he, Ooh. And then Iman, like, what happened? And then, and then, you know, and then, remember that, Iman? Iman, Iman dude, yes, yes, well, I remember. Everyone keeps their genitals in the same place as you. I know, you. I know. Huh? How do you know? So how do you know doggy style is really doggy style? By the way, um... <clears throat> No squids on this podcast now. Thank you. We need to edit in the PBC warning for that, I think. Uh, something, I don't know. Well, I mean, Zarissa is really the only one we worry about because of her kids. And, you know, nobody knows. Well, who knows who listens to this little show? I mean, only only 20 or 30 people I know. But, you know, hey. Uh, only yeah. 20 or 30. Any. Cathound. Cathound style. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Horned would, Cathound would be style. Cathound style. Right. I love it. Good distraction. Thank you very much, Captain. Anyway, so we're going to talk about Maximus Mesmus Meridius. Maximus Maximus Decimus Meridius. That's the way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Aren't we? Dave, I I thought of you as I did this. You thought of Salora. You did not think of me. Well, no, I was thinking of you. Okay, go ahead. Because you're my friend. That's creepy. This 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 talk is for your favorite PC because I think it will fit him perfectly, and we're going to talk about it. He will after he takes his eighth level in soldier. <laughs> we're going to be talking about the gladiator today, younglings. And continuing with your ever-loving requests, we're moving forward with our prestige class discussion and a long overdue look at one of the best combat classes in the game, full of flavor, full of fun, and lots of mechanical variety. Uh, the gladiator. So. Uh, one thing about the new source books, Dave, that, that I like is they've really they've broken the lame, whiny attitude of I'm a meat shield, and the only prestige class worth it for me is the elite trooper. But that's all about range combat. I'm hosed. Um, nah. The first step on this road to redemption is, is admitting that you are powerless. No, never mind. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, right, it's always fitting. Yes. Um, so, can you see why I was thinking of you when I was writing this up? But of course, <laughs> you were. Oh, dear. This prestige class is 
yeah, it's all about combat. Uh, but what I find the most fun about it is that it not only offers some great options to enhance your personal fighting ability, <laughs> such as becoming uh, We who are about to roll salute you. <laughs> oh, about to roll dice salute you, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know. Anyway, I, th- I like that. That was funny. Sure. Anyway, go ahead. You sure? Hey, it's the chat room, dude. I am acknowledging the chat room because they are there. All 67 of them now are there. And um, they are amusing me, and we're, we're trying to keep this discussion here in a uh, light-hearted discussion, interactive format, you know? I, I have mean, a suggestion. We are driving to create synergies and maximize the customer experience right here. That's what I'm telling I have you. a suggestion. Okay. Since it's the chat room, yeah. maybe you can respond to them in the form of chat! Oh, well... Hail. Killjoy. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mute my microphone and now, and you can just go on with the rest of the show. Talk to you in about 10 minutes. I, I kind of like to have your input on this, you know. Just, Too bad. You know, Messed it, up it would require a little, you know, interactive communication on your part. Too bad. Yeah, fine. I'm going to take my ball and go home. D20 Radio, a game. Okay, maybe I won't do that. Yeah, well, it's okay. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead. All right, Gladiator. Gladiator. Gladiators, um, mount up. Anyway, um, I like this class a lot. I was saying, Dave, because I, I think it offers some of the best options to enhance your own fighting chops, um, such as becoming a downright. And this is where I think you'll like it. It lets you become an unnecessarily brutal combatant. Yeah, I like that. Um, that's very good. A master of esoteric weapons, and it also offers great options to help you work battlefield control, uh, which is usually the domain of the noble. Um, so, Gamer Nation, let's strap on our helmets, get ready to salute Caesar with our deaths, and turn to page 43 of the KOTOR campaign guide. And let's do battle with the Gladiator. Game on. The Gladiator. You know, I've not watched that movie in a really long time. What, Gladiator? Yeah. It was on, uh, it was like on FX the other day, and I got sucked into part of it. It was a good flick. One yeah. bad. I don't know if Russell Crowe deserved an Oscar for it, but it was a good flick. He got an No, he did not get an Oscar for that. Best actor. Did he really? Yeah. Boy, it must have been weak competition that year. I think that's correct. Maybe I'm thinking of Beautiful Mind. You know, the two movies are very similar, so... He you know. did... Des- oh, yeah, they're so similar. He did deserve one for that Beautiful Mind. He did a good job on that one. <laughs> well, let's talk about entering the arena, Dave, and the prereqs of the Gladiator. Take a wild guess as to what the first prereq is for this prestige class. Um, Seven levels of... Heroic classes. Actually, per the errata, seven levels of a class doesn't even have to be heroic. Oh, really? Okay. Um, so you can be eight. Oh, yes. yes. Level so eight. You, you can, must be in level eight. Can. Yes! Pittsburgh scored! Woo! Okay, sorry. Go ahead. I hate you. I hate you so much. All right, baby. <laughs> yes, level eight is the earliest you could take this prestige class. And, however, however, there is also a minimum base attack bonus requirement of plus seven. Similar to Jedi Knight. Now, this makes sense uh, as to why there's a minimum base attack bonus requirement. I mean, it's a gladiator, but I'm not sure why there's a level prereq though. I mean, since you you have to be level seven in order to have a plus seven base attack bonus. Oh well, um, there's only one other requirement that you really need to have. Well, two other requirements that you need to have. Um, Dave feats, uh, improved damage threshold, and weapon proficiency, advanced melee weapons. Ah, Do those yes. make sense to you? For a gladiator? For a gladiator? Yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> Generally, yes. Yeah, um, I would say, yeah. I mean, I would hope that you wouldn't have to have weapon proficiency pistols. That just wouldn't make sense now, would it? Well, everyone has that unless you're primitive. But, I know, yeah. but I mean, it but wouldn't... Glad, gladiators wouldn't, do yeah. the pistol thing, too. I mean, I don't know. Like when I, I remember like when I first played KOTOR, and uh, you get into the gladiatorial combat, and like people, you know, people use pistols and rifles, and they shoot at you, and it's like, wow, okay, that's not what I'm expecting at all. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, but basically the bottom line is this, this prestige class really isn't too hard to get into, Dave. Um, I mean, the, the, the fastest route will be straight soldier, which lets you walk in as early as 8th level, but you can mix it up if you'd like. It is worth noting two important things, though. One, weapon proficiency, advanced melee weapons is a bonus feat for every single class, except for Jedi. Of course. Easy peasy. Not yep, hard to do. Japanese. Japanese. Um, now, having said that, second thing to note, improved damage threshold is a bonus feat for no class. So, as you plan out those scarce character feats that you get at first, third, sixth level, etc., etc., plan accordingly. Or play a Gamorrean. They get that feat for free at first level. What are they, primitive? They are, and that sucks. But since you're going to have to take advanced melee proficiency anyway... Feel me? I feel you, yo. Yo, Bob. Yeah. That's why Gamorreans make excellent gladiators. Um, gladiators. Okay, so that's how you get into it. Let's let's talk about hearing the roar of the crowd. The the basics of being a gladiator. Live. Okay. Live. Gladiator. Live. Gladiator. Live. So, first of all, you have a good base attack bonus. Well, you better. Duh. I, I, yeah, I hope so. You're a gladiator. Um, it's, if a combat-oriented class didn't have that, I would be upset. All right. Right. You have a D10 hit die. It's good. Now, it's good. It's not as utterly amazing as the Elite Trooper's rare D12, but it is very respectable. Um, yeah. To be frank, though, if this class had a D12 on top of its reflex defense boost and its talents, I think it would be a little too much awesome not to pick up. Right. And, and that's the golden rule of game design, right? If you, if you say, why would I not do this? Then you need to rethink it carefully. That's so. right. Yep, yep, yep. And lastly, defense bumps. You get a plus four Woo. to reflex defense and a plus two to fortitude defense. Not common for a combat class to have the massive boost to reflex. I mean, usually fortitude is the primary defense there. Me likey. No, me, me likey a lot. love it. I'm in love. Yes. So um, let's talk about the even level ability of the gladiator. Um, in the segment I like to call, I am Spartacus. Spartacus. Um, you are Spartacus. I am Spartacus. Uh, <laughs> I am Spartacus. I am <laughs> um, <laughs> you just had to work that duck call thing into the show somehow, didn't you? Yes, oh my I gosh, did. that's just great. Hey, hey, you know what? The opportunity presented itself, and like a proper gladiator, I took advantage of you the You were ready for the challenge. I'm ready for the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I am Spartacus, or, uh, oh God, Jesus, God, I am I am spending too much time with you. I'm getting distracted by the chat rooms now, and, <laughs> and I am commenting on it. What the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> Shibuta just said, this is Fata! And then, oh, dear. Uh, right. I'm, I'm just going to put a big sticky up on my monitor. I don't see that anymore. Nice. Okay. Do I get an awesome sauce point there? Who, who keeps track of awesome points? And doesn't somebody in the chat room keep track of awesome points? Somebody does. Somebody does. And, and 
and yeah, so anyway, I'm hanging around with you too much. Oh, now I can't dog you about it for the rest of the episode because then I'm being a hypocrite. Nope. God damn it. Um, That's all right. You know? Where, where were we? Um, yeah, baby. I am Spartacus. Baltimore just fumbled. Yep. Okay, go ahead. I am Spartacus. I am Spartacus. I am Spartacus. Okay, go ahead, Spartacus. I am Spartacus. Unflinching. Spartacus uh, your Jones, even level ability. MD. Um, like most prestige classes, the Gladiator foregoes bonus feats on even levels in exchange for a really cool class ability. And unflinching, or as I like to call it, yeah, I'm a badass and you're not, um, is your even level ability as a Gladiator. Um, as a reaction, a number of times per encounter equal to half your Gladiator level, you can add your Gladiator level as a bonus to either will or fortitude defense against an attack. Now, you have to declare it before the result is announced, but damn. I mean, Dave, a 10th level gladiator can just choose to increase their fortitude and <clears throat> consequently their damage threshold or their will defense, um, a traditionally very poor score for a fighter type, by plus 10 against an attack five times during an encounter. Nice. That makes you actually an amazingly effective Jedi killer. Um, the whole class does, but we'll get to that. Most force powers do target either your fortitude or your will defense. I mean, they're really nasty ones anyway. Um, so that's a huge boon right yep. there. Yep. So, okay, Spartacus, more than anything else, you want to hear the roar of the crowd. It is music to your ears when you're a gladiator. And when you are in the arena, you learn to capitalize on that. You learn to become one with your surroundings. You learn to use your presence to affect your foe, become an unnecessarily, almost theatrical, brutal fighter, and master the unusual weapons and armor that can become a hallmark for you. And so at every odd level, the gladiator can choose a talent. And they have, in accordance with this, access to the scout's awareness talent tree, which we pimped out hardcore way back in episode 7 for the, the awesome that it is. The Soldier's Armor Specialist Talent Tree, which makes a decent amount of sense. And the brand new, shiny, Gladiatorial Combat Talent Tree, which has more goodies in it than you can shake a vibro axe at. Ah, yes. Um, I'm not going to go in order here, uh, but rather I'm going to talk about these as they kind of build off each other. Uh, but we will cover all of the talents in this tree. So let's, let's begin our look at the Gladiatorial Combat Talent Tree at the very back with Unstoppable. Uh, one of the most downright useful talents in any meat shields repertoire. If you get hit a lot, then you know and you understand and you accept the suckage of moving down the condition track. And I mean, Dave, you know, we've preached over and over that moving a foe down the condition track is the way to cune in this game. And that's, that's Q, cune. Q1 more than P. Yes, Q, Q1 more than P is better. It is better. Um, so, but with Unstoppable, you have trained yourself to shrug off the worst of blows. Basically, once an encounter, when moving down the condition track from an attack, you can choose to move one less step down the condition track to a minimum of zero. So, especially if you're like, if you're like three steps down, going from a minus five to a minus ten is almost devastating. You know, if you can stop that from happening, that's huge. Yeah. We're talking, so, we're talking, we're, we're beyond Cunage now. We're into Ronage. Imminent. Ronage. I don't know. Uh, imminent, imminent Ronage. That that's that's like ooh, that's like ludicrous speed, dude. That's 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 hard to. Mm, I'm not. I don't know if I'm too comfortable with that, dude. Ramming speed. Moving on. Next talent I want to discuss in this tree is personal vendetta. Now we're talking. The meat of the gladiator. The ability to taunt. Now let me be frank. I have always found taunt mechanics kind of lame. Um, directing who your foe attacks 
That's I like mean, MMO and, stuff, you know? Well, yeah, yeah, it, it is. I don't necessarily have a problem with that, but it, it lacks a certain sense of realism, and that's what the problem I have with it. I mean, any GM is just going to say, no, no, the Ubeast does not attack you, he attacks the Jedi. Why? Because he hates Jedi. <laughs> I mean, um, th- th- this taunt, though, is more realistic and, in my opinion, is much more useful. Okay, It is a swift action. That, that, is, that is brilliant. It is a swift action that you can taunt any enemy within 12 squares and line of sight. And on their turns, they take a minus two to attack any target but you. So they don't have to, you're not forcing them to attack you, but it's in their best interest to. Basically, they're, they're distracted by your taunt. I really like that. Basically, from an inverted perspective, what this does is it gives your allies a plus two to their reflex defense there for a round. Yeah, there you does go. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So I like it a lot, all right? So then we move on, we move on to Call Out, all right, which is Personal Vendetta's big brother, you know, which is you, you, right there, you. <laughs> I mean, I like that. Wow, that's pretty um, good. I like that. Oh, that's pretty good. Personal Vendetta is a prereq for it, and it is taking the taunt to the next level. When you use Personal Vendetta, you designate one of your targets of all the ones you affect, and that target, that one target, takes a minus five to attack anyone but you. What do I love about these talents? No communication requirements. They don't have to be able to hear you. They don't have to be able to understand you. They just have to see you and be within 12 squares. Hot damn. Hulk. So, yes, the, the, yes, Donovan, the prestige class turns you into Hulk Hogan. Oh, mercy. Didn't need that. <laughs> Did not need that. All right, man. Let's move on to what you will drool over in this prestige class. What will you I especially? drool over? Will I drool over Brutal Attack? Yes, you will. Have you read Brutal Attack? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I have. All right. This this is nasty. Br- brutal attack. Speaking of adding just, insult to injury, you know. Yeah, it is. It's just wrong. Okay. Um, okay. So you all are going to take it, and you're going to love it, and you're going to smile when you use it. Brutal attack is simply a talent, like you say. It adds insult to injury. When, when you when you beat a foe's damage threshold, with so not not this is not normally. It's, it's only when you beat a foe's damage threshold with your chosen exotic weapon or a weapon group, you deal an extra die of damage. All right. On top of the fact that you're already moving them down the condition track and have probably done a lot of damage in order to do that, sheesh, how does six die ten with burst fire on a heavy repeating blaster sound to you, huh? Nice. Huh? Nice. The obvious recommendation here, guys, is to complement this talent with devastating attack, all right, which usually guarantees that you'll beat their damage threshold, which usually guarantees that you're going to do an extra die of damage, all at no cost, no aiming required, no minus two to hit. You just do the extra die of damage if you beat their damage threshold. Nice. Beautiful. Very beautiful. Uh, is also a prerequisite for distracting attack, which is the next talent I want to talk about. Look at the shiny um, thing. <laughs> So, okay, so Brutal Attack isn't brutal enough? Well, Distracting Attack has Brutal Attack, again, as a prerequisite, but basically, when you deal damage to a target with an attack, and the attack roll beats the target's will defense as well, they take a minus two to their reflex defense until the end of your next turn. Period. This is against any attack made against them. Period. You have hit them so bleeping hard that you actually made them flinch for a six whole seconds. Boom. That is That's what awesome. you call. That's what you call boom. Or as John Madden would say, whap. Whap. 
That's oh, called. And boom, he's on his back. That's right. You see, that's a slobber knock right there. You hit him so hard, a slobber went everywhere. It's a slobber knock. Thank you, Madden. No problem. That wasn't meant to be a Madden thing, and by the way, I, oh, I can't. I can't do Madden. It was just. It was just. You know. It was just generic announcer guy. Okay. Whatever. Very good. You know. Next on the list, Exotic Weapons Master. Ah. Uh, now here's where, here's where we get to some fun. Um, and why a lot of jack of all trades soldiers like to take a level in Gladiator. You treat all exotic weapons as one weapon group. Wouldn't that be awesome? Exotic, exotic weapons. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, you, and, 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 and if you already have a single exotic weapon proficiency, like, you know, exotic weapon proficiency flamethrower or exotic weapon proficiency, you know, rick blade, um, or any feat that augments it, like weapon focus, all your existing feats shift to encompass all exotic weapons. Oh, snap. Dude. So if you went soldier, which you probably did, or even scout, that's and since you've awesome. already taken advanced melee to get to get here, you now can have access with no penalty to nearly any personal combat weapon in the galaxy, with the exception of like lightsabers and, and the heavy weapons. But I mean, God, flamethrowers, bowcasters, amphistaffs, landvaroks, pulse rifles, deck sweepers, reek blades—it um, just goes on and on and on and on. All now proficient for one measly talent and feat. Nice. That's not bad at all. Yeah. And uh, the follow-up to that, of course, is multi-attack proficiency, exotic mm. weapons. It just wouldn't be a combat prestige class without a multi-attack proficiency of some kind. And this one, sensically, requires exotic weapons master as a prereq. Whenever you make multiple attacks with an exotic weapon in a round, the penalty for each attack is reduced by two. You can take this feat multiple times. Ah, this times. another whap. Bam. Um, my personal favorite thing to do with this, triple attack with a flamethrower, baby. Yeah. Yes. Um, Or how about dual wielding uh, Rick blades? Uh, Two die ten in each hand without having to be large. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I like it. That's what we're talking about. And the last talent in this tree is, in my opinion, one of the most under-recognized talents in this tree, in my opinion. Nearly every player I've talked to overlooks it. Don't make that mistake. Do not. Do not make the mistake. Do not make it. Lockdown strike is the bomb. Why? I will tell you. Oh. When you hit a moving object up to one size category large, moving target up to one size category larger than you, with an attack of opportunity, you immediately stop their movement. Oh. No post check. Dude. No hit versus fortitude. You just immediately stop their movement. One point of damage. And you, not even that. It doesn't say when you damage an opponent. It says when you hit with an attack of opportunity. They could have DR 50. You do no damage. You hit them. You immediately stop their movement. How awesome right? would that have been? I mean, th- think about our last game and think about that. That yeah. would have been totally, totally awesome. Yeah, I know. This is perhaps one of the most penultimate abilities of battlefield control. And you can pad it to make the foe your meat. How? A few choice feats. That's all. Withdrawal strike comes to mind, which lets you make an attack of opportunity against people that are withdrawing. That effectively means that a foe can't ever withdraw from combat with you, because if they try to withdraw, you get to make an attack of opportunity. You make an attack of opportunity, you lock them down, and they stop moving. <laughs> um, yeah. That's kind of one of those, you know, you're not leaving combinations. You're staying right here next to me. Um, what other choice feats out there? There's Knife Trick, or more easily, Martial Arts 1, which give you the opportunity to make an attack of opportunity against a target that doesn't even know that you threaten them. 
Okay, I mean, you can be in a, a party standing next to somebody, you know, with martial arts one, with nothing but your fists. Okay, or maybe you have a, a vibro dagger secreted away on your person, and they leave your space. They provoke an attack of opportunity, and you can make it. All right. And they're probably not going to think twice about leaving your space because they have no idea that you're armed, okay? Now, sure, it may be just a D4 or a D6 of damage, but it stops their movement, and that's enough. Very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah, it's awesome, man. So the bottom line, this prestige class is a great mix of battlefield control, nasty combat techniques that debuff and damage. Heading into this, you would best be prepared to take advantage of those things. You will need to be able to move well for battlefield control. I don't recommend medium and heavy armors. They're just going to limit your movement. Okay, And you're probably going to want to have several weapons options that you can benefit from. I would recommend throwing as many exotic weapons on yourself as humanly possible. Um, with unflinching, you are very hardy against force users and nobles who tend to target your will defense or your fortitude. You're very useful against melee monsters who you can keep them from your squishier party members by either taunting them or by simply grounding them next to you. Um, for role-playing purposes, I mean, consider a high charisma. You know, that would be a lot of, it makes a lot of sense for a gladiator. That's just fun, okay? And then the soldier talent, commanding presence from the mercenary talent tree, uh, page 28 of the Force Unleashed, it lowers the will defense of all enemies around you as a special action once an encounter. But, but more importantly, it now makes persuasion a class skill for you. Yummy. So you can train it. Uh-oh. So, you know, it, it makes sense that a gladiator can in- intimidate. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does. And a Wookiee can re-roll intimidation check. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> So that is the Gladiator, and it seems like a lot of fun. Now, one of the things, I don't know, man. Now, they talk about this, and I kind of wanted to get your opinion on this. They talk about this in the book. They say, you know, well, the Gladiators can come from all walks of life. You know, maybe, maybe you're down on your luck, and you got forced into fighting in these illegal circuits. You know, maybe you're a slave, and you were forced to fight that way. You know, maybe you seek adventure or whatnot. If a player wants to take levels in this prestige class, now, keep in mind, there's no special requirement. Like, you know, with Jedi Knight, I, I have to be a member of the Jedi Order. Okay? I have to. Um, special requirements like that. There, there is no special requirement for this. So raw, you should be able to take it regardless of your experience level. But what, what, what about you, man? If a player of yours wanted to take this, would you want them to have some gladiatorial experience? Or would you maybe want to work it into the story where maybe they learned at the feet of a master gladiator or something like that? Or do you think it just represents a certain level of combat prowess, maybe with a little bit of showmanship? What do you think? Yeah, I, I think the latter. Only because... Um you know, maybe called the gladiator in all sense of, of the word, but um, aside from theatrical and historical significance of the gladiator, I think the gladiator is more of a state of mind that I am a melee by, badass because I am, by eighth level, they should have cemented their role in your group as the melee badass, so I wouldn't have a problem with it. hope so, yeah. Hell, you certainly have. Yep. I will strike you down. Very, very, very interesting. Yeah, but I think it's a cool prestige class, and um, it's definitely something to consider for you melee monsters out there. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, there you are. There you go. So, um, I guess that's it, man. We've come to the end of yet another episode. That went by quick. Yeah. Well, hey, it was an hour and 23 minutes already. Getting ready to be an hour and 24. Well, thanks for sticking with us, Gamer Nation. Um, if you guys have any suggestions for the podcast, any requests, um, you can, of course, as Dave said, call the Lusa line, 206-600-5872. You can email us, gmchris at d20radio.com, gmdave at d20radio.com, or please, 
please get to the interwebs and uh, go, of course, to d20radio.com slash forum. Sign up, become a member of the Gamer Nation, speak your mind, and let us know what is up so that we can accommodate your gaming needs. Yep. Very good. Yes, very nice. Beautiful. All right, guys. Well, um, until next week, and wait a second. Next week is... Yeah, we're going to have a show next week. The week after that, I think, is... I'm not sure. There, there's one weekend that you're going to be out of town, and I'm going to be out of town, I think. But I think that doesn't come up until like the. That's the first weekend in February, if I'm not mistaken. That's going to be like February the 6th and 7th and 8th. I will be in Cabo San Lucas. Right. Yeah. I think that's when that <laughs> is. So that's going to be that's going to be a challenge getting a, getting a show together there with both of us being out of town. I've got a we've got a soccer tournament in Austin, Austin, Texas. Austin, Austin Texas. Texas. Yes. Indeed. So anyway, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> But all right, all right. I digress. We can end the you show digress. now. I digress too. I'm sorry. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in, and we can't wait to talk to you next week. This is GM Chris, wishing you peace, love, and good gaming. That's right. And now a word from our sponsors. Please keep those dice rolling. Thank you. And another Jedi bites the dust. This is Nagatau saying I never listened to the Order 66 podcast. I'm too busy killing me some Jedi. Oh, yeah. Bounty hunter for life, yo. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. www.d20radio.com This podcast and related websites are not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, 20th Century Fox, or Wizards of the Coast, and are intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at starwars.com. The official Wizards of the Coast site can be found at wizards.com. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, D20 logo, D20 system references, all named pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, Wizards of the Coast, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast and its related website, including graphical, textual, audio, and visual information, is the intellectual property of the Order 66 podcast. Hey, this is Green X Lantern, and I never, ever, Listen to the Order 66 podcast. Welcome to Daydreaming with GM Dave. It's a final! 2314 yeah. Pittsburgh. Aww. Poor Ravens. Yes. Hey, you've got a guy asking for you on the forum, on, on the chat right now, JP Taurus. He says he's emailed several times. He can't seem to get on the forums, and he wants your help getting on. JP Taurus. That's what his sign-on name is here. I, I, I doubt that's his, you know, I don't yeah. know. I don't know, dude. I, I have I have absolutely no one in the queue that has emailed or gone through the entire process of registering that has not been activated. And so there was there was uh, there was another guy that had emailed a couple of times and uh, and then realized that oh well I wasn't actually going through the whole process because there was an extra step at the end that he had to like confirm that he was a human, you know, just to fool the spam bots and all that. So. Um, I, I just I just confirmed a couple of people today because I'd been out uh, yesterday and today. So I mean he he, he might have been one of those. But uh, uh, let me look and see. Actually, while I take time here, Coldbringer, Darth Keldrona, Durian Keldrona, Dead Boy, Captain Q. 
those are the last ones that I had to uh, to activate, and uh, unfortunately, okay. those are the last people. Jade so. Pitar says it says he has a login name, but he doesn't know it. it. Says he has a login name, but he doesn't know it. Oh. 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 Well. Okay. Well, I'll figure it out, I suppose. Well, JP, why don't you email GM Dave at d20radio.com right now, just so he knows who you are, and reference this, and tell, give him what information you have, and maybe maybe we can figure that out. Yeah, really. You know, I got Darth Vernon, Star Lancer, Death Mojo, Darth Mojo, actually. Those are the last few people that have registered in the last, say, three days. You know, we've got about eight or ten new users in the last ten days, so. That's the really forums, it, they so. be a thing. Yeah, it's they are. Cool. They really are, so. Anyway, so what else? What did I do this weekend, man? I mean, what were we gonna? Dang it, we, we deferred something for uh, for uh, after uh, after show talk, and now I've forgotten what it was gonna be. I asked you, I asked you what your day was like, you know, whether you had a good day, and and of course, well, no, I asked you what the heck, why why we got started an hour later than we were supposed to tonight. Oh right, 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 right. Okay, so here's the scoop. Um. I certainly hope that I'm not going to piss off the new family that I just kind of got in with. But, you know, hey, I'll take the chance. The um, For all of you who know my assorted past and history, my wife has a past, of course, and a history. And, and uh, I speak of my daughter very fondly and very much like she is my daughter. And she is everything that a daughter would be except biologically. And in this particular case, the sperm donor that... Um, planted his seed had a family you know as most people do and after the uh, separation of subsequent divorce uh, he has pretty much removed himself from my daughter's life but my daughter still knows his sister's kids all their cousins so we went over there today and um, this is the second time I've been over there, and it's you know it's all you always wonder if is it going to be awkward because you are basically visiting the ex's family, as strange as that might be, under what would be termed at best an estranged relationship. Yeah. So. Anyway, I are they, uh, cool, they cool people? They are, they are wonderful people. So you know, that's often the way it goes, man. And I, you know, I mean, you wouldn't think that. And then again, I have never met this. I've never met Cindy's ex in my entire life. So obviously, I'm getting all this information from her. Okay, so let's not cast. Although, yeah, I will cast a shadow. Anyway, I could go on about all sordid manner of history that's documented. As a matter of fact, ah, uh, let's let's not and say we did. Yeah, let's not and say we did because I'm not going to disparage somebody who can't defend himself. So I really like this. Yeah, I do. You know, I mean. Uh, that's why I was late because we were over there watching the football game, watching Arizona come back and uh, almost give the game away and then come back and actually win it. And um, so, yeah. Well, no, but you were you were still here at seven, but we couldn't get started until almost eight. Oh yeah, but the big delay was just aim being a butthole. Butthole. So it, aim was the culprit. AIM was the culprit. My computer was just seized up. I couldn't do any internet-facing applications because AIM, for whatever reason, locked. And I had restarted my computer so I could have a fresh, clean, you know, beautiful, you know, I wanted all my cash free. And I wanted, you know, I do that just as a matter of course before the podcast so I don't have any 
strange little nuances, right? Yeah. Well, for some reason, when I quit aim, it locked. And so I used the, you know, control alt delete, blah, 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 and canceled out of a, of a uh, stopped application. Well, when I did that, for some reason, it wouldn't let any other inter- internet-facing application work. So I started in safe mode and went one by one by one, and then it got to aim and just quit. And I'm like, okay, something's wrong here. So I uninstalled aim and then rebooted again, and the damn thing worked. So anyway, I hate aim. I really hate Yahoo Instant Messenger. Really, Google Talk's the only thing that I use, and, you know, anyway... So yeah, that's why we were late because I had to reboot three times, uninstall some kind of programs and applications, and uh, and uh, visit with my uh, wife's ex-husband's family. As uh, unstable as that is, it was actually a good experience. Yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, I'm now soliciting uh, idea titles for this uh, for this episode. Um, I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> Look at I that! Think, they're think... they're ahead of us. They're ahead of us. There's already ready aim farta. <laughs> yes, I, I like I like um I am I am farticus. I think that's pretty. Uh, I, we I, I we am, already have farticus. we have like three episodes that have fart somewhere in the title. I, d- I just want to stay away yeah. from that. Oh, well, I was just gonna say I am Spartacus, but you know, I am you know I am farticus is pretty good. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I shall have my vengeance in this life or the next. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. At this point, know. at this point, I'm going with I am Farticus. I am Farticus. I, I, am. I, I am Farticus. Farticus. <laughs> yeah, with the, uh, with the, uh, yeah, noise in the background. That's awesome. That's even greatness. That's double oh. greatness right there. All right, so. All right, so not to put any uh, not to put any pressure on you here, but um, the you the YouTube the um, what am I going for here, Gamer Nation? Help I me don't out. Know. The Facebook, the Facebook thing, um, the group, the Facebook group is now swelled to twenty one members. Yeah, I imagine everyone in the chat room signed up. Well, I mean, and I checked it actually right when we made the uh, well twenty two members now. Anyway, some of these people I don't know. There are several people on here that I don't know that aren't friends of mine, you know? Well, and, they're probably listening. Ah, uh, yes, but I would have you know that there are no less than five people that we work with in this group. Really? Mm-hmm. That disturbs me somewhat. It does disturb me somewhat, but, you know, I mean, these are people that I would call friends and, and associates. Indeed, I would. Yep, including Elliot Brown, who tried to do his best Oswald impersonation holding a rifle in his picture. Thank you, Elliot. We appreciate it more than anything, more than you know. Elliot's been begging me to start a saga game at work. Oh, yeah, I know he has. Uh, the Wednesday night uh, the Wednesday night saga game that we might have in 5A. That's, sorry, that's uh, Floor 5, Conference Room A. It's nice, big, huge, has a great projector. Ugh, it would be awesome. Could we get canned for that? Not if it's after hours. I don't think so. And just in case, let's get somebody in IT to uh, be in the game. <laughs> oh, whatever. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. okay oh, I... oh, boy. Here we go. Here okay. we go. All right. Uh, 
<laughs> go ahead and launch. Own. Go ahead and launch into this because I, I am on your side on this deal. Go ahead. I I do not own an iPod. I do not own an MP3 player that is well. I do. I own one, but it's very old. It's got like 256 <laughs> meg. That's it. Okay. I do not own a player. Okay. Now, in my line of work. Music listening is essential, okay? I mean, I just got a promotion. I'm not really testing anymore. But when I was a tester for the company for a very long time, you can't test and not listen to music. If you do, you'll go insane. You'll pull your teeth out and go get some guns and come back to work and shoot everybody. Oh, it boy. It's not oh a good boy. thing. Okay. You have to listen to music. So I listen to music. That's fine. Now, since I do not own a uh, an, an MP3 player at this point in time, what I do have is a very nice laptop. Now, I bring my laptop to work. I brought my laptop to work for nine months now, okay? I use it to listen to music. I don't jack into the network. I'm not a moron. And yet, New Year's Eve, I'm in the office, and the director of IT comes walking around doing like a policing search of some type. And you're looking for items that are left out, people that haven't logged off, stuff like that. I'm like the only guy in the office. I stop. I say hi. We have a five-minute conversation about his family, his kids. Hey, how you doing, buddy? That's right. Three days later, no, or no, five days later, the, after New Year's, like the Monday after, my boss corners me in an office and says, hey, um, I need you to he sign this. He walks up and I, says, I, hey, uh, Chris, what's hey, happening? Uh, Chris, uh, I, I, and he, told, he was cool. He's like, listen, I don't agree with this, but it's I, I have no control over it. And... I got a I got a warning. I got I got a formal warning for bringing a personal laptop to work, and I flipped out. I said, "There's nothing in the company's corporate IT policy restricting me from doing this." And they point to an obscure passage that says, "Personal devices are allowed and not not allowed." That encompasses every. That encompasses PDAs. That encompasses every other person who does bring an iPod to work and listen to it. That encompasses thumb drives. That encompasses cell phones. That encompasses everything. But no, no, I get a formal warning that's going to go in my freaking employee file. Your permanent I, I record. Just got a, I, it's, it's, I just got a promotion for Pete's sake. It's going to go in my file for bringing a laptop to work, for doing nothing other than listening to music on it. Yep. And that little punk wrote me up. Yep. I am so pissed. I, I I have an exemplary, exemplary record. I take pride in the work I do. Yes. That pisses me off horribly. Yes. I cannot even tell you. Yes. <sighs> I know how it goes, man. I know. And I was right there with you when I uh, when I heard about it. And, you know, my first thought was, I know somebody who's pretty high up in the company. He's like one level above me. And... You know, never mind. I'm not even going to go there. But other people do it. Other people have not been sanctioned for it. And, you know, it's one of those things, I guess. You were in the wrong place at the wrong time. I was this close to marching down to that little toad's desk and saying, Dude, are you bored? Do you really have nothing else to do? But it's just, it's it's a bad idea to get in bad with IT. You do not want the Gestapo looking over your shoulder, dude. No, you really don't. It's like flipping off a cop. It's just not a good idea. Negative. (laughs) run on normal propulsion so yeah. yeah i i had my senses take leave of me and i just let it go and let it fine. go just let it go no just let it go you know what i'll go out and i'll buy an ipod or a zune i'd rather buy a zune i'll go buy a zune and i'll be done with it that's fine be done with it do it
Anyway. No. So, yeah. Everybody who is uh, now a uh, listener or a member of their group at work is now going to hear your tale of woe. And they're going to know exactly what you went through. <sighs> That's okay. I didn't. I did not name names. Not what's important. <laughs> you didn't have to. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry it happened. Sorry it happened. It is what it is, though. And there's really not much we can do about it. No. Eh. Water under the bridge. It was a while back. It is water under the bridge. Just let it go. Let oh, it go. Let it go. You sound like my new. Uh, uh, boxing instructor, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, I, uh, man, I have been playing this uh, Call of Duty 4 again. Mm. I don't know why all of a sudden I, I just, I just, I just found it. It was sitting, it was sitting, I had, I had used it. I was messing with my little uh, gamer, you know, my little, uh, what you doodle avatar thing, which is a complete ripoff of the me, by the way. But, of course it is. Yeah. But, you know, hey, Xbox had to do something, but, and they're cute, you know. My guy's wearing like a, a number fifty-five Junior Seau jersey, but instead of uh, instead of the Chargers, it says Xbox on it. But anyway, I digress again. Um, I got on there and realized, wow, you know, whatever, wherever I had left off in, in Call of Duty Four, I had only done, you know, half of the achievements that were unlockable in the game. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll get in there and and uh, get back in, and I just. I, you know, I got a new plasma TV for Christmas, and I just, dude, I just, I've forgotten because my my original HD TV broke, and the uh, it started breaking little by little over the last couple of years, but it wouldn't accept a high def signal from the Xbox, so I had to play everything in standard resolution. I forgot how awesome graphics can be coming out of that Xbox 360, even if the, even if there's our 720p, I don't care, really Wait not. I mean. There's just not too many things that are using 1080i yet, but even if it's 720p, dude, it still looks freaking greatness. How are the graphics? They were awesome. How are the graphics? Um, yeah, dude, your, your new TV is the bomb. I'm very jealous. Um, I'm, I'm very, very jealous. And I... Ooh, well, no, I'm not, I'm not going to mention any of that. I could get Jake in trouble. Um, we, got, we got to use your TV in an awesome capacity last Friday, so... Oh yeah, yes we did. Yes, we and yeah, you would get somebody in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I, I would, I would. Suffice it to say, a friend who works in Hollywood showed us a snippet of what he was working on. So, let's just um, say, let's just say, that rocked. We got Holy to see at Tron 2.0. <laughs> yeah, that's what we got to see. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, your TV is totally awesome, dude. Now, are you are you an achievement junkie? No, I'm not an achievement junkie. I just happened to notice that I only done like half of them, and I was like, why didn't I finish the game? You know, like Halo. I was looking at Halo Three. I hadn't done I hadn't done all those either. You know, why why have I not finished the game? Probably just because I got distracted on moving on to something else. You know, yeah. as as I am wont to do. How do you not finish Halo Three? It's like a twelve hour game. I I honestly don't know. Well, I'm I was just about done with that game. I mean, I was, you know, whatever. But oh, I loved it. You didn't like it? It was. Oh, I mean, I, I I got sucked into the multiplayer, and I and I started playing online, which I think is what happened with Call of Duty too. I started playing online a lot, and I never went back to finish the game because I just was playing online all the time. And I can't. I keep meaning to go. I got a game for Christmas. Um, 
uh, for the Wii, that uh, Tiger Woods 09 that I yeah. I had rented, and, and basically I played the crap out of it for, for like 10 days while I was on vacation, and I beat the game. And, um, and so when I got it for Christmas, you know, my mother-in-law gave it to me. Wonderful, wonderful, great present. She just hadn't known. She just didn't know that I had rented the game over the holiday, and I wasn't expecting to get a video game from her. That was fantastic. So I'm going to take it back and, and get um, Left 4 Dead. That's the one that Sam and, and uh, Sam and Rodney want to play with me. Yeah. So that's uh, apparently really, really good online with lots of people. I, dude, I've, I've only played it a couple times, and when I have, though, it's been incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy a little bit of Xbox here and there, you know? Absolutely. My daughter, uh, for those of you who um, have saw the, the, the forum post before I took it down, um, my daughter, uh, unfortunately, was not selected to move on in the Olympic development program. Those of you that sent emails, in some cases, directly to her, um, she appreciates it, and I appreciate it. Uh, very nice of you guys to send those thoughts to her. Um, How's she doing, man? She, she's good. She was very She was very, very sad all day. Friday uh, when she got the letter and um, she was afraid that some of the girls on the team would you know be mean you know about it and you know with rightly so there are a couple of girls on that team that just aren't nice girls and it's a cruel yeah yeah girls especially for whatever reason they just you know anyway um, six of this uh, of, of, of her soccer team six of the 14 now girls that are on this team were selected for the Olympic development in one capacity or another, one age group or another. And the Holocron is on iTunes already, Shibuta. Um, You can um, go ahead and search for it. Um, Anyway, she was like, all these people on our team made it, and and I didn't, and there there was one other young lady on the team that tried out and didn't make it. And so eight of the, of the, at the time, 15, tried out. Six made it, two did not. And the other seven didn't try out. So, you know, she was like, what if they make fun of me and all that? And I said, first, the only people who are going to make fun of you are the two or three that didn't even try out. And so where are they, you know? And, you know, you got you to gotta ask yourself, you know, why would they even say something to you? Because you had the guts to go and do something that they didn't? No. they're You know, and I wanted to say, give the girls the benefit of the doubt. They're not going to do anything mean or ill-spirited or anything like that. Ultimately, they did not. Ultimately, one girl asked her how she did, and she said, you know, she told her she didn't make it. The other girl was like, oh, man, that sucks. I really thought you were going to make it, which was nice, you know? So, um, yeah. And which is, and, and that's also the girl that I have, I have a birthday present for because Taylor went to her birth, was, gonna, was supposed to go to her birthday party and was sick. I have this really cool poster. You know how I make the motivational posters, you know, that are, knockoffs of real motivational posters yeah anyway i made her one nice you know 11 by 14 framed and all that and i keep forgetting to send it with taylor to practice uh, because that's you know that's her birthday present anyways this girl that said something nice to taylor so now i've decided that uh, her birthday present is going to be augmented i'm gonna make her an 8 by 10 as well as the 11 by 14 and uh, she'll have two motivational thingies one you know maybe her parents can take one i have you know like taylor has one up on the wall because it's a 16 by 20 and then she has one on her uh, on her little desk, you know, that's a little eight by ten. So she likes them both because it shows her doing right. good stuff with soccer. Soccer. Very nice. Yeah. Hey, Fallout Three. They're talking about Fallout Three in the chat room, and 
I uh, game of the year. Game yeah, of the year. I, I've heard this from multiple sources that it it uh, Yahoo I think named it game of the year for 2008, and um, I've heard that it's great, but I've never played the other two Fallout's. I'm assuming there's a one and a two now that there's a Fallout three. Um, yeah. Oh, well, God, they were old console games. Um, they were like original yeah. Xbox. Uh, no, like um, Super NES. Uh, like, yeah, like SNES and I think PlayStation. Or I mean, they were on the PC too. But um, Dreamcast. Yeah, like like that era. Yeah. Wow. Late nineties. Yeah. Can you play um, online with it? I would assume you would, but you know. Oh yeah. Fiddleback says it doesn't matter. Go get them. Go get it right now. Think <laughs> Baldur's Gate. Oh, dude, Baldur's Gate was pretty good. I never played that though. Lots of our tellers did, but oh, they're screaming! It was PC game. They weren't on console for one and two. I didn't know that. Okay, so I need a new computer, a... by the way. Go ahead. No, no. Uh, back to the fact that you're you're an achievement aholic. I am not an achievement aholic. I just uh, that was the that was the uh, impetus for me going back to the game because I realized I hadn't finished it. Oh, okay. Well, all right. So there, there are achievement aholics out there, okay? Yeah. And um, this is a little dirty, but um, there's a webcomic that's I find hilarious called Dueling Analogs. It's kind of a little uh, another in a series of, of uh, wow video, video game based webcomics. Um, no, Darth Obi Wan. No. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, but there's one. It was. It was. I, I just found it again online. It was March 21st, 2007, and it's like the whole three panel comics. And uh, you know the first one is you know a picture of this this guy and girl and they're they're under the covers together. It's like you know, honey, I think we could try something a little different tonight. You know, maybe a little maybe a little backdoor action. Oh. And then in the next panel, she says, "Okay, but just this once." And then in the third panel, up at the top, it's got the little Xbox symbol and it says, "Achievement unlocked." <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> um, I about died when I yeah, that's the first time I saw that. That's so, greatness, right if there. If I if I could get that on a T-shirt, I think I would. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, Darth Obi-Wan, I have played the uh, Grand Theft Auto. They're talking about um, StarCraft II, and I, I have to say that I'm going to have to play that game. You know, And I know, Bl- I know Blizzard does fantastic work, and I know they have this mythical secret project that people are working on on, like, the ninth floor or something like that. In, oh, in, it's StarCraft Ghost! Uh, oh. oh. No, StarCraft II is already... I'm sorry, but we have that to come out for... Ten years, sorry. StarCraft Two, you know they they had the game trade footage and all that. Anyway, I think the secret game that they're working on, or that they've begun work on up there, at Blizzard, is World. No, not not World, Universe of StarCraft. I'm just guessing that that once once WoW begins to, once WoW begins to wane and and there's there's no, it's not showing any signs. Actually, it is beginning to show signs because they're making WoW easy. You know they're they're like uh, they're making it to where you level up a whole lot quicker and all that. So it, it sounds like they're trying to get people to end game really really quickly. So I think they're starting to see the beginning of the end, but that may just be an overreaction on my part. I think Universe of Starcraft is the next the next MMO that would be you know out of Blizzard. And, and I don't I may be way off base. If, if Starcraft Two is going to come out either late this year or, or next year, I don't know if there's a street date for that thing or not, but if uh, man, if if that were to come out, and Blizzard, if Blizzard knows that the Star Wars: The Old Republic is coming, out of EA and and uh, Bioware, 
if they were to counter that with a universe of StarCraft, good yeah. lord, what would I play? I'd have to play Star Wars. And yeah, I know Blizzard doesn't give release dates because it's ready when it's ready in the Blizzard world, which is great because it's ready and it's, it's ready when it's ready and it is ready usually. Um, but yeah, I mean, what what do I do? I, I'll play the Old Republic. I absolutely, I'm going to be glued to the Old Republic. But my gosh, I'm going to have to do both. I mean, right now, today, is, is StarCraft. Yeah, this is the only time that I've actually had two subscriptions going at the same time. I'm playing City of Heroes and World of Warcraft at the same time right now. Okay. Um, the problem, though, and maybe they'll find a way around it, is you need more than three races to play. Now, the, the, the solution to this is that you have, like, whereas right now Warcraft has two factions, you have three. You have, like, Terran, and you have Protoss, and you have Zerg, and then, like, within those, you have, like, sub-races. Okay, like, maybe for Terran faction, you have, like, a psychic race of humans, you know, they can be ghosts and advance along that line, and, you know, you have a, you know, maybe a, a nobility race that could advance as officers, and then, like, a regular baseline that could advance, you know, and then right. Zerg, you've got so many different types of species and stuff, but... Um, right. Conceivably, you could do something similar for Protoss, but I'm sure that they will come up with something. And I agree, Seikos. I am pissed that there's not going to be a fourth race in StarCraft Two. You should introduce a fourth race. It makes sense. Right. I'll still play, but I'm pissed. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, oh. TJ says there is a fourth. Oh, the Zelnaga. There's a fourth race, but it's not in the multiplayer. Nah. Zelnaga. Yeah. Well, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, we're encroaching uh, on two hours, which is a pretty long podcast by our usual This is offerings. good grief. I should probably scoot, too. I have, uh, oh, yeah, that pesky work in the morning. That pesky work. Yep. I know. That's all right. Oh, hey, yeah, Ace said, no, never mind. They're like the uh, space goats in Warcraft 3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, All right, guys. Well, good night, Gamer Nation. Sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Yeah. And if they do, hit them with a shoe. If they do, hit them with a shoe. Blah, 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 blah. Space goats. Yes. Space goats! So what did we decide to name this episode? I'm going with uh, uh, I Am Farticus. I Am Farticus. That's what I'm going with. All right. I am Farticus. And yeah, Shibuto, we do not have Monday off because we don't work at the bank. We just write applications for the banks. And although the banks are off on Monday, we are not because we continue to write the software. The applications that make the banks go round and round. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Did you see Citigroup was getting all broken up? Yeah, I did. B-Bay got bailed out again. No comment. No comment. Yep. So, anyway, yeah. It's good stuff, man. Never a dull moment in the <laughs> financial services industry. Yes, I'm sure we're boring the hell out of our audience right now. What audience? They're not listening to this. Rakesh is um, said asking if there's a holiday tomorrow, and there is actually. It's uh, 
What is it? It's uh, Martin Luther, Luther King. King. Yeah, MLK. Okay, I have a dream. I have a dream. I'm actually a big fan of this holiday, so. <clears throat> yeah, there you go, man. So. Very you know big what, fan. You know what? Um, you know what we need, and oh, you know what I was going to comment about uh, our postcards. You know, he went to uh, Hades, Hades, whatever. Um, you know how they, how they, you know, they won't talk to men unless you're spoken to, if they even let you in at all. And I, 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 um, I happened to go, and and we had a we had a party for one of the kids uh, on Taylor's soccer team, and and they live in uh, South Lake, South Lake, Texas, which is. Uh, as as some of you know, there's there are areas within your Fairburgs that are more affluent than others. South Lake is one of these. It's like places. it's like one of the richest cities yeah. per capita. Yeah, in the, in the United States. Yeah. yeah, and anyway, this was this you know, as I approached the border of South Lake, they had a uh, checkpoint set up, and because I was of Latino descent. They ran a credit check on me before they let me into their city. I found that to be annoying. It if, is, if, Tad, if, yes. if not just a little bit discriminatory. And I asked him, I said, why, you know, don't you, you know, I, I would imagine that all these people that live in this city are going to have Latinos coming in and out of your Fairburg all the time. And he said, yeah, yeah. And we wouldn't have checked your credit had you had a lawnmower in the back. We know why you were here. And I'm like, oh, dude. You did not just say that. Oh. You did not just say that. <laughs> Have we literally stopped recording? Yeah. Oh, when? I don't know, about two minutes ago. 